My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Welcome back to another episode of My Life Now. My name is Dallas Montague and I am the co-host here today. And today we have another amazing guest, Angela Rogers. Angela, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Angela and I spent the first 10 minutes of our call today to have conversations a little bit about her past, a little bit about my life, our testimonies, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear about this story today. She recently released a book called Painfully Broken Yet Beautifully Redeemed, and this book is available on Amazon. You guys can see the link below, but before we talk about her book, I would like to give her a few minutes to talk about herself, 10 to 15 minutes to share her testimony But even before we do that, I'm going to pray to begin the podcast. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for these listeners that we have, our guest, Angela Lord. We give you the reins of this podcast today. We give you control. Lord, all of our nerves, all the things that we're not supposed to talk about, God, I pray that we forget those words. I pray that we speak only what you want our listeners to hear today. Lord, I pray that your words penetrate our hearts, open up our eyes, open up our minds, God, and we can truly understand the meaning of a do-over. We give you all the glory, we pray in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Angela, go ahead. Thank you. A little bit about my testimony. Um, It's a little different, you know, uh, for me. Uh, I grew up in a blue-collar home. My parents really didn't have a faith, so therefore our family as one unit was not raised in faith. Um, Actually, my first church experience, uh, I would classify as not a great one while I was visiting my grandparents. Uh, I felt like I was beginning to be groomed by the pastor. Hmm. Nothing ever happened, but I did feel like the potential was always there. Um, So I figured if this was faith, I really wanted nothing to do with it and pretty much escaped it at all costs. Um, Later in my teenage years, uh, I met someone that introduced me to uh, a form of witchcraft called Wicca. I practiced that actually until 2013. Um, I can honestly say that I've done some unimaginable things in my Wicca days. Uh, Some of those will be discussed in the next book that I'm going to be writing, Darkness to Light, that in itself is, is, is it's really its own story. Um, in April 2012, I then received a call that my 19-year-old stepson, Jacob, was murdered in a double murder-suicide. Um, he was at a friend's house when her ex-boyfriend broke into the home. He killed my son with an axe, mm. her mother, and then turned the weapon on himself. It was a media frenzy. It became national news, actually, without a filter. Mm. I then became an angry, very destructive person. Uh, it really destroyed my world as I knew it. I lost myself, destroyed my living children's relationship with me. To be quite honest, Dallas, if it wasn't for my husband at that time, I don't even know that I'd be here today. Um, I don't know where I'd be actually. Uh, he held everything together so that I could completely fall apart. My son CJ and Jared at the time, they were struggling and I didn't see it. My stepdaughter, Alexis, became a mother figure of sorts in our home because I was not living. I was simply just existing at that point. Um, I began to lose my son, Jared, at the age of 12 to a path of his own destruction 
involving bipolar mental health disorder, gang activity, and drugs. Mm. It wasn't until I found myself actually on my knees praying to a God that I didn't even believe in at that time to help me save my son, who was about to become his own statistic in the cell. That's when I began to question my Wicca practicing. I pretty much stopped practicing Wicca at that time, but I wasn't actually working on Christianity yet. I'd been invited to a local church um, by a friend named Jessica, but I did make every excuse not to go like those of us do. Mm -hmm. One day, my husband was actually camping with our younger children, and I saw my son Mikey's Bible that he had been gifted. It was gifted to him actually a couple years prior to that. Um, It was open on the kitchen table with a napkin underlining the verse Micah 512. For those of you that aren't, you know, that, that don't understand that, the verse states, I will destroy your witchcraft and you will no longer cast spells. Come on. Wow. The Father Model by Nario Kutani is the work of an authentic epiphany that clearly introduces and explains the notion, privilege, and fatherhood responsibilities. It is an instruction manual for those seeking to be model parents and a valuable reference for their children. In this inspiring and waking work, Kutani presents 11 essential responsibilities of a model father and how to educate children the right way based upon biblical principles and examples from everyday life. Find your copy on Amazon today. The Power of the Superdog is a fun and exciting hip-hop rhyming book created to help you bond with your child while helping you love and accept the people of all walks of life. Little Bella is visually impaired. She has to see with her heart. God loves her so much that he sent her a dog named Power who helps transform her life and make her heart smile. But that's not it. Power the Superdog is a hip-hop dog who can rap. So jump in. Rap the book with your child. Kids love music and words that rhyme. Reread the book until your kids can rhyme the song with a beat just like a hip-hop song. Find your copy on Amazon today. Don't understand that the verse states, I will destroy your witchcraft and you will no longer cast spells. Come on. Wow. I'm serious. Like, here's the ironic part with that. Dallas, my house had been empty for like three days. <laughs> wow. I'm getting chills. Yeah. My, my husband had been camping with the kids. Um, there had been nobody at the house. How in the world did this napkin appear under the very verse that would change my life? He wanted you. Wow. It was underlining the napkin. It was actually one of those little tiny square napkins that it was yellow that, you know, at kids' birthday parties, because we had just had a birthday party. Um, and it was underlining that verse. And when you read, I will destroy your witchcraft and you will no longer cast spells. Dude, that that's kind of a slap in the face. So, yeah, how did you feel during that moment when you read that? I I, I had to read it. I want to say I sat there and read it over and over for like an hour. Um, coming from Wicca, you know that was that was a hard verse to read. It it was one of them things like you know in the cartoons you see a train that's kind of derailed and it's running into a tunnel that's mm-hmm. too small for it to fit through that's kind of the best way to explain that. Um, but the right then and there, I took everything related to Wicca, my books, 
everything that I could. And I took it to the burn barrel in our backyard and I lit it on fire. Hmm. Um, that began my path to Christianity that day. Um, it wasn't until I surrendered all to Jesus Christ and I let him rebuild me, level me and heal me that I actually began to live again after losing Jacob. Wow. So yeah, Micah. Wow. <laughs> Praise God. Wow. To this day, we still don't know how that took place because uh, this Bible was gifted to Mikey um, by somebody that was at a campground because we didn't really have a whole lot of faith in the house. And he carried this Bible with him everywhere he had come to us. And that was like his teddy bear of sorts. He carried it with him everywhere. It was a brown Bible, brown leather that had a tree engraved on the front of it. It was his thing. And the fact that it was left at the house when he left with my husband to this day was kind of odd to me, but now I know why. His intervention in your life, you know, he, he always had you. He was always there, you know, looking back, that Bible was always carried around by Mikey. It was. It was. It's like he was always there protecting you. And then to have the yellow mm -hmm. napkin, you know, open to that very page, underlining Micah 512, I will destroy your witchcraft and you will no longer cast spells. If that's not a sign or divine intervention, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know what would be. Yeah. And I'm thankful you took it as a turning point because you could have just dismissed it. Like, pff, you know, what a coincidence, like we always say. But I don't believe there's coincidence. I don't believe that. I believe that God's intervention is powerful and, and he did that. He wanted you to see it. I, I agree. And it changed your life. I agree. And, and it did. Um, you know, I mean, for me to take, you know, the things that I had acquired through the years and in a matter of, you know, minutes, I watched it, I, I lit it and I watched it go up in smoke. And some would say, well, didn't you have an uneasy feeling knowing the content? There was so much peace involved with watching it. Like I can still feel it today. It, I, when I look back, I can feel it leaving me. You know, it was, it was a beautiful thing. And I can, I can literally see it as you taking off the chains yeah. in your life, you know, taking off the chains and that freedom's there. I have that same feeling in my life is still today of moving on from my life of sin and choosing the Lord and continuing to, to grow in relationship with him. I, I see that peace every day, like you said. Well, and, you know, and I'm thankful that, you know, when I remember when I was praying, you know, to the God at that time that I didn't even believe in to help me save my other child. Um, Jared, I, re I remember when I got done with that, I'm like, what did you just do? You just prayed to somebody that you don't even believe in. Well, that made mm -hmm. me start questioning other things because that was my go-to at that moment. So, okay, there was something there. Um, and then, you know, when that had happened with the, the Micah verse, yeah, there's no such thing as a coincidence with that. Yeah, yeah. And do you have anything else to share with that? Or can we can I ask you a couple questions about this? Go ahead. Okay. So with this book, Painfully Broken Yet Beautifully Redeemed, so in this story of your life, this testimony that you're sharing here, what do you think was some of the biggest things that you learned from the loss of your first son? Um, with Jacob? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's going to be, a, that's a hard question, um, mainly because, 
you know, like I said before, I was on a train wreck, you know, on a one-way track to nowhere. Um, mm -hmm. I was so angry, you know, I, I was so angry. Um, you know, Jake was young, um, but I'd have to say that I did have a good lesson in that, but it was much later. Um, I would have to say that I learned not to lose time with the living to remember the deceased. Um, mm -hmm. Because I didn't learn that until much later. I actually missed so much time with my family that was alive and well, because I was so stuck on Jacob being taken from me that I wasn't concentrating on who was here and needing me. Um, oftentimes in loss, you focus on the loss, not the living. So that was really a hard lesson for me um, because my young children needed me to help them grieve their brother. You know, my husband, mm -hmm. you know, needed me to help him. My mother needed me to help her grieve her grandson. You know, I mean, it really was one of those things that that lesson hit me much later than I wish it would have. Mm -hmm. And you can try to tell other people listening to this podcast today, take this advice, but yeah. I can't imagine the, the pain and the feeling of that because it's one thing to hear it and it's another thing to apply it. Right. Because just that hurt and that pain, man. When you're in so much despair and pain yourself, the last thing that you want to know about is other people a lot of times. Um, that's not me today, but that was definitely me then. Um, my, in, in effort, I mean, I guess I could say the best part is that the way that I handled Jacob passing away, I actually allowed my family to lose their mother, their daughter, their wife, their aunt, their niece, because I was non-existent. I was really just existing. And with this lesson now, after Jared passing, were you able to see restoration in your family? Yes. Jared Jared definitely was a different a different journey. Um I would say with Jared, I learned to be obedient. I learned to be obedient to God. Um when Jared died in 2017, um I was new to Christianity. Um when I got the call that he had passed away on Christmas Day, actually, of 2017, from an accidental gunshot wound to the head, at the age of 18, I had to make a conscious effort to be obedient to God versus being obedient to my needs. Wow. That's a, a really powerful testimony that you can be able to say that, you know? experiencing something like that and saying, I am obedient to God. I'm choosing his way over my emotional way, which is definitely right. hard in a situation like that. It was, it, it was really hard. Um, but I can tell you that it was beautiful. It was, it was also beautiful. And you mentioned this phrase, the do-over. I saw it on your website. Can you explain a little bit more of this? What is the do-over and how can our listeners apply this do-over to their own lives? Um, well, first, I hope that they never have to apply it. Mm -hmm. I do. I, I hope and pray that nobody ever has to apply it. Um, when I speak about my do-over, it's regarding losing two sons tragically. Having one loss 
without any faith and having another loss with deep faith. With Jacob, as I said earlier, I self-destructed and was, um, and I almost lost everything. In fact, I lost myself. Um, with Jared, it wasn't even parallel. Um, you know, where one might think, you know, losing two sons, you've lost two sons. Nope, this wasn't even parallel. I could even say it was a beautiful journey. I mean, I can absolutely say that it was beautiful in every sense of the word when this took place. Um, he was only 18. Jared was my youngest biological son. Um, he was on the right path and doing better than he'd ever done. From the moment I got the call, though, Dallas, I dropped to my knees and I prayed for God to not let me go down that white path and to stay on his narrow road. Mm -hmm. The second that I got the call, um, I remember then getting up and leaning against my bed because it was very early in the morning that I got the call that he passed. And I remember looking up and yelling, now what do I do? Because I knew how bad this could get, how quickly. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me to take every hurt and make it good, to do good deeds and to help as many people as Jared would have. I did just that, and I continue to do so in his memory. Um, when you get a good spanking by the Lord, be thankful for that experience. Mm -hmm. Disciplines the ones who he loves, right? Yes. And mm -hmm. be, be thankful for that experience of being chosen for that discipline. And, you know, a few things that we've done in, you know, Jared's memory, we've adopted highways. You know, we do foster care. Um, we've adopted six children. We're on our seventh. Wow. We, I help rescue girls from human trafficking and get them the resources that they need. I'm a CASA, which is a court-appointed special advocate for children in foster care. We run clothing closets. We've done mission trips to Honduras, to an orphanage. And that's just a few of the things that we do. Um, but again, you know, God spanked me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had to make a conscious effort to, you know, allow a different movie to unfold in my home again or keep it on the godly path with Jared. Yeah. And I'm thankful that you went to God right away. He was your first response. It could have been years later. You know, it could have been months after mistakes, after going back to your old ways of grief, handling grief. But it was your first point of, of rescue. And that's it. That's what it needs to be. Yeah. That would be my do-over. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that you're willing to share this story to help other people who have maybe experienced similar tragedies. And like you said, hopefully no one ever has to apply this right. do-over in their life. But for those who have lost someone already, what would be your answer for them that how do you move on from a tragic loss like this? Um, I would say keep on keeping on. Um, grief and loss should be a non-judgment zone in my opinion each person's different and honestly their journey is theirs to take but you have to keep on keeping on if you can't change your circumstance you need to change your perspective on it um, I had to make an effort to do this when I lost Jared with Jacob I lived in my circumstance almost I was victimized um, with Jared I, I was able to live in my perspective um, you know, if you keep on keeping on one foot in front of the other, you know, try to stay on the narrow road. That's really the best way. You know, the hardest thing is, is, you know, the judgment that people get for the way that they grieve. So we call it, you know, it should be a non-judgment zone. Mm -hmm. How can our audience get involved with this? 
do-over or with your story or with the groups of things that you're helping with? You know, I would say find local organizations and do good deeds. Um, Our family here runs on the motto to keep what we have, we must give it away. Um, You know, there are so many needs. Um, People can feel free to email me uh, if they want to get involved. They can email me at contact at Angela M. Rogers, which is R-O-D-G-E-R-S dot com, if they would like to get involved with some things and I can help network them with some things in their area that are reputable because, you know, for every, you know, one good, there's a couple that might not be so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm happy to network that, you know, there's the needs far outweigh what people have. I'll go ahead and put your email in the description here so okay. you guys can click on that and send her a message if you'd like. Rogers with a D. Rogers with a D. <laughs> Thank you. And for your overall message for our listeners today, what would be that one thing you would like them to take away above every other thing that you said today? That was, that's a great question. Um, I would say do the right thing every time, even when it's hard and painful. Because I pray you never have the opportunity to have a do-over like I'd had. You know, if you treat everything as a ministry to others, that helps. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Nobody's getting out of here alive. This life that we have now is nothing but an intermission to actual, actually the big show. Your admission's already been paid, and that is the true meaning of everlasting love. Pick up your ticket, please. Tear that ticket for admission. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, thank you so much for being a part of our show today. I'm super inspired. I can't wait for my wife to listen to our to our story today to our conversation. And I told you guys that you can find this book on Amazon. Again, that link is below. You can find it also by searching Angela Rogers with a D, Painfully Broken Yet Beautifully Redeemed. Uh, That'd be great. They can also purchase the book directly from my website. Mm -hmm. Yes, the website is there as well. Also, check out the book trailer. That link is below as well. Check out the book trailer. And Angela, if I can have you in our podcast today with a prayer, I would really appreciate it. Father God, thank you for this opportunity today. Thank you for allowing me to share both my wide path and my narrow road with you. I pray that if anyone that is hearing this today has got any kind of issues going on that they need your help with, that they will seek that intervention and they will learn to follow your path. Uh, I pray that if they are dealing with grief, that they know that their loved ones, you know, hopefully are resting comfortably with you. I pray that they are able to reach out if they know that they are needing some help and they need to know where to get that. Uh, And Lord, I thank you again for this opportunity. And I thank you for Dallas for allowing me to use this platform to spread the word of my story. Uh, I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening and supporting another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy.